Hey guys, it's Renee from Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. On this podcast, we break down Ketlin Vieira's decision win over Holly Holm and whether or not the UFC should implement open scoring. Also, we get into all of the drama that is going on with Sasha Banks and Naomi in WWE. It's a doozy. It's real messy. We do our best to make the most of it. Let's have a listen. Let's talk a little UFC Vegas 55 uh, recap here. Um, A rather underwhelming card when you're kind of looking at, you know, the top to tail of the whole thing. But but looking at um, Holly Holm, Holly Holm and uh, Ketlin Vieira, what did you think of this matchup? Obviously, there's plenty of things for us to really dissect as we get into what exactly went down during this fight. Um, You've been in the octagon with both of these women. What was your takeaway from this? Well... I really thought that Holly was going to take this one because she's so good at her counter striking. What surprised me though, is I felt like it was a bad game, a bad game plan. Honestly. I mean, I've got a lot of love for Holly. She's one of my favorite fighters, people, athlete. I think she's great. So I hope, you know, that people can understand this is more constructive criticism than I'm not trying to like knock her, but I've like, I've been there too. Like I've made this mistake before. So I get it. Like sometimes you just want to be more well-rounded and you want to try to do it all. And you want to try to pr- prove um, that you are the best in all areas, but the key to victory for Holly to win this was to use her incredible footwork and lateral movement and stick and move and just look, look pretty doing it like she's she's such a clean striker she's got all these great tools that she can just stay away but she ended up being the aggressor which let ketlin be more of the counter striker and that was really interesting to me um she did have a lot of you know quote-unquote riding or control time against the cage but she wasn't necessarily really effective in those areas um you know she she wasn't hyper busy um at no point did it look like she was gonna finish the fight where i would argue that at least two points in the fight i thought ketlin might have it in the bag like sealed up mm-hmm. bow on top done um yeah. you know that head I kick mean, was that it, she landed was it round and then three also that, that she had that choke. choke in yeah i think it was two i think it was round was two, two but regardless and then she landed that beautiful head kick ketlin did and really kind of um wobbled holly and there's just so much to to try to discuss about this fight because all in all um it was a close fight and it completely depends on what you're really looking at you know what were you really what were you really looking at when when you when you you're going to score the fight because it's it's very conflicted it's very different um i know that holly thinks that she won the fight yeah i Mm -hmm. i don't in this case i i could see a case i i can definitely see depending on what you're scoring as the more important criteria and i know you know we don't want to go down the the judges judging rabbit hole quite yet but right we'll get you are judging there yeah if you're judging cage control you know like like that that head position and and just kind of driving someone into the cage as the primary criteria for whether this fight was won or not you could certainly make a case for holly um but i still think that the question kind of goes if your back is against the cage does it does it always mean that you're 
defensive. I don't think so because Ketlin Vieira is, has proven time and time again that she can be highly effective in the offense with her back against the cage, with her judo tosses and trips. I mean, she took Sarah McMahon down from that position and got a finishing choke. I mean, she she's very uh, – she kind of lulls people, but then when she is aggressive from there, she's very aggressive, and she was striking back. So I think that the striking was nullified. So did I see that as a losing position for her? Not really with the way that she was able to offset it with her own offense. And I think that's what changed my mind in that, why I thought that Ketlin won the fight. Um, one thing that kind of stood out to me too was uh, at one point commentary was taught. They were actually talking about Holly being 40 and saying she was looking slower. I mean, literally immediately after she had this like beautiful sequence, but do you think that age is becoming a factor in, in Holly Holmes uh, game at this point? And like, where does she go from here after having this loss to Catelyn Vieira? Well, I think maybe not even so much age because for some reason she just seems immune to it. Um, God bless her. You know, she's just nice. Honestly. Right. She just, she looks (laughs) great. She looks incredible. I don't, I think part of it might've been the really, really long layoff. You know, she was Mm -hmm. out for two years. Nobody really was addressing that, that even young, you know, fighters can, feel a little off in their timing and a little slow when you haven't competed in two years. I mean, that's a long time. So yeah, 40 is a number that we could talk about, but we have a 43 year old champion right now in Glover Teixeira. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. Um, if it was more the time off, if it was the style matchup, if it was that she, she got hit with some good shots kind of early on, you know, um, even that second round where she was almost getting choked. I mean, you got to think of it like the old school, like life meters on the, on the, you know, the Marvel games or whatever. It was like, they're just beating each other in the life, <laughs> yeah. light. you know what I mean? Like the little life meters yeah. kind of dipping and Holly, because she engaged so much on the cage and was like really pressing. It's a lot of work to do that. So she, I think she fatigued herself early. I think if she had a different game plan, she could have looked as sharp as ever, but she got that muscle pump going and you know, you've ever experienced that when you just, Maybe you don't warm up and you just jump right into squats or you jump right into something sweet and you're like, Look oh out. my God, Ow. like you get this muscle yeah. pump. Well, it's yeah. like that too when you're when you're out there fighting and you're trying to press someone against the cage because you're doing all the work while Ketlin's kind of just using the cage and chilling. And then mm-hmm. she's also tossing you, which is forcing Holly to have to scramble and be on her P's and Q's the whole time. I just think Holly tired herself out with a game plan that wasn't to her best attributes in this matchup she just needed to stay at primarily kicking range and um point fight for five rounds i think she definitely could have won the fight sucks to walk away from it feeling that way and i mean a lot of people really were confused as to the scoring of this and how that all kind of shakes out over the over the rounds but yeah sucks for holly home to like take that it does eat it it does um, too. And there was just so much riding on this, you know, uh, this yeah. was kind of a lot of people are coining this as Holly's last chance to get back into a title picture and it didn't work out her way. I understand why you could see, you could, you can see a way where Holly could have won this fight, as I mentioned, depending on the judging criteria. Yeah. So I just didn't, I didn't see it that way because I thought that 
I, I really thought that ha- that um, Ketlin was closer to finishing the fight on multiple occasions, and yeah. I thought her striking was more effective. Now, I have a I have a, a question. I don't think anybody has an answer to that mm. is immediately available. Anyways, I, I I don't even know if we are we're not provided with this answer exactly either. I don't know how significant strikes are actually accounted for. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't, um, you know, like how do you quantify because Holly was throwing a good amount of punches, you know, and she kind of yells and she comes forward, but they, but I love Holly. Like I thought she was going to win, but they weren't really landing. Like that, in my opinion, those were not significant strikes. Those were, mimics significant strikes. She's throwing them hard, but they were not all landing hard. Um, Sometimes they're landing like in the, maybe even in the chest bone, you know, does that really like, you know, you look at the fight too, and she was the, clearly the more damaged fighter. I mean, that spinning Mm -hmm. back elbow too, that, that Ketlin won. I mean, all those things. So you look at the, the, the sheet of paper and, and it looks like Holly won the fight, but watching the fight, I just didn't feel like she was overall the more effective fighter i didn't feel like, the like intent wasn't she, there the intent was there but the landing yeah, not so much yeah, yeah yeah exactly the intent was there but i didn't feel like those significant strikes were landing to um to hurt yeah so i yeah. don't know uh the scoring in mma which already confuses the hell out of me it confuses me too like sometimes i'm like i don't i'm an i'm an athlete in the ufc and i still don't quite understand sometimes where these judges get the scores from like yeah we have this criteria but it's so subjective honestly renee like think of another sport where you just don't know what the score is or you don't you don't know what it is till it's over like could you imagine like hockey like here's the thing that i find so like Anytime I talk, like if I'm watching UFC with, you know, whether it's with my husband, who's pretty versed in the sport, um, talking to like other people that are like, you know, really into watching MMA, I'm like, can you please help explain the scoring to me? And everyone just kind of shrugs their shoulders at me like, nope. Um, So it's (laughs) just made it that much more difficult for me to like really sink my teeth into when it comes down to what the scoring is, Um, which God, how frustrating is that as a fighter? to not really know, to like not get those answers. You know, I think that it it's something we should definitely try open scoring. I'm for the open scoring because I think that we have to remember that fighters don't just want to win. Typically, you know, we, we want to get finishes and that's the point. The, the question of like, oh, well, you know, would it, would it change things? Like, would it make fighters fight different? Well, okay. Let's back things up. Can we back yeah, things back up, up real quick here? What exactly is open scoring and what would that mean for the sport? If that were to be implemented? That's a great question. So right now the scoring is kept private. So after every round you have to guess whether you won the round. Now, some rounds are obvious. If you take someone down the first 10 seconds, you elbow them and, you know, put them within near stoppage in the first round, you're going to be pretty confident you won that round, but you might not know if it's Mm -hmm. a 10-8 or a 10-7 round even sometimes. Um, But you heard uh, Holly's coaches, for example, telling her that she had won four of the rounds, that she was up. So her corner believed she was up and was telling her she was up. 
Now that's, that's the issue is that if you don't know, but you think that you are, uh, being surprised at the end of the fight when there's no time to make any difference or try to do, try to change your strategy. If, if you realize that, Oh, the judges just don't like what I'm doing. Let me try something else. Well, there's still time to make a change, you know, think of like third quarter That's in so football, it's like you get the football huddle and you're like, Hey guys, you know, cause you know what the score is. We got to go out there. We got to rally. We got to this, we got to yeah. that. But if you think you're up and you think what you're doing is working, you think that the judges are liking that, but subjectively under this criteria, that's just very loosely fit. Then you very don't really see goosey out there. You don't know. So open scoring essentially would change things in that after every round, the score would be public knowledge so that anyone could see it. The fans, the coaches, the athlete, everybody would know who won the first round and who won the second round. And if it's championship fights, you know, everyone would know where it's at. Now it does take a little bit of suspense away perhaps from the fans. Like, I mean, I mean, I guess, yes. I guess you got to look from like the fan perspective and then also from like what benefits the sport and what benefits the athletes. Cause yeah, I mean, would, do you want to know between each round where you stand? I would absolutely like to know where I stand. Um, there's definitely been rounds where I was like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because for instance, for instance, in the fight with Holly home, when I fought Holly home, people always say that going into the fifth round, um, if I, if I didn't finish it, the fight that round that I would have lost. However, if I would have simply won the round, it would have actually been a draw because I got a 10, eight in the second round, but nobody was sure about that. We didn't really know where it was at, you know? So it just, it's just one of those things. that's like, you kind of would, it would be nice to know where you are at in a fight. I think it's important. I think here's, here's my thoughts. I think that there should be an app or some uh, um, something that the fans could have the option to see the open score, but that it shouldn't sure. be like in your face. Like you shouldn't have to know, like, if you don't want to know, like maybe you like suspense, maybe you're really like, you love that moment when they're standing next to each other and they're dripping sweat and it's been a blood Give bath, me a split decision. and you don't know if they're going to say and still or and new and you love mm-hmm. that moment. Cool. But maybe there's people who need to know this information that it shouldn't be restricted or hidden from because there's plenty of sports that you know the score and it doesn't change yes. the way that the I mean, pretty played. much most sports. What sports don't you know in? I can't. Like- it doesn't. It doesn't change the way that the sport is played. So I don't think it would change the way that MMA is is done that much either. Now, is there a chance that an athlete who is up? two rounds and only has one left to go is up two rounds decides to disengage um for the third round and and just try to stay away not really risk anything definitely not try to finish the fight Mm -hmm. yeah but there's also a chance that that's already happening on the assumption that they're winning you know like maybe holly would have fought different in the fifth round maybe ketlin would have fought different in the fifth round who knows the same thing happened to rose not that long ago as well right with uh with her corner exactly i mean if she had known that she was down because she clearly thought that she was winning oh yeah i think it probably would have lit a fire under her hiney and i think she would not have 
if she could go back and do it again and understand that she was going to lose her belt over, you know, just yes. such a close fight. The minutia, yeah. Probably would have fought her ass off to keep it, you know? So what yeah. could it hurt to give it a try? I know one championship does do the open scoring and people seem to like it. The fighters yeah. like it. And, the feedback has and that's been the great. Thing, if you can test it in different areas and like see, I mean, you know, the sport still is growing and figuring things out. So like, why not try it and see? Because this seems to be, uh, you know, it's just an ongoing issue of, you know, what the scoring kind of comes down to. Inside the Green Room with three-time NBA champ Danny Green. Chris Paul is a nine-time defensive player. He's seen on the All-NBA defensive team. But I don't mind certain guys critiquing players. It's but it's when you're a role player, like Matt Barnes said, to disrespect a Hall of Famer is too far. Calling somebody a cone is disrespectful, bro. I don't care. You, you target and cone are two different, two different words, bro. Don't miss an episode of Inside the Green Room with Danny Green every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcast. The latest and not the greatest um, is what's happened with Sasha Banks and Naomi. Um, former women's tag team champions in WWE. Uh, they walked out of Monday Night Raw last week. Uh, so the the rumor is, and I would like to preface this entire thing by saying, I know pretty much as much as anybody else knows it's reading the same news that I am. I don't have any other insider information. I have no idea what's going on with any of this. Um, but the, the word on the street is that they were supposed to be in a six-woman tag match um, that was supposed to be seeing Naomi win and then going on to face Bianca at Hell in a Cell, and then Sasha was supposed to be facing Ronda. Um, so I don't really know what happened with the creative that that they were that they got so upset about that they decided to walk out. They walked into John Laurinaitis's office, laid down their titles, and headed out of the building. Um, so I guess I guess what the interesting thing is here, I mean, obviously the fact that they've walked out um, now WWE, they've released a statement. And I think that's a really shocking thing, too, is that WWE released their statement during Monday Night Raw, which is always a little weird and fishy when something like that happens. And I think a lot of people initially thought that it was work, which it is not um, saying that they walked out and it's unprofessional and blah, blah, blah. Corey Graves, I believe, was fed the line to say that it was uh, unprofessional for them to walk out. We'll get into that as well. Um, it To then on SmackDown with Michael Cole and Corey Graves, do we we have the audio for that, right? We are. Right, so let's let's questions, hear. But yeah, there's so a lot of questions. Like, I don't know if I have spinning. the answers. It's know, nuts. But it. let's okay. hear what Michael okay. Cole said first. Sasha Banks and Naomi let us all down. The WWE Women's Tag Team Champions walked off the show and walked out of the building during Monday Night Raw. Sasha and Naomi took the Tag Team Championships into the office of our Head of Talent Relations, left them there, and then promptly walked out of the arena. Their actions disappointed millions of WWE fans and their fellow superstars. So because of what Sasha and Naomi did this past Monday night, they have been suspended indefinitely and we will have a future tournament to crown the new wwe women's tag team champions it's so damn weird it's so bizarre so for something to be addressed like that on camera uh for michael cole to have the edict the script of what they wanted to say what the narrative is going to be this is a very one-sided story as well let's all keep in mind right. we are only hearing 
the narrative that WWE wants us to hear. Um, we've not heard a peep from Sasha, nothing from Naomi. Uh, so I don't know what the true creative was that happened. I don't know what the rift was. Well, a lot of people are saying like, you know, they had all day to deal with this and then didn't, which I think is bullshit because that's just not how the day works on Monday Night Raw. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of stones to be under here. Well, do professional wrestlers do this very i mean like is this done very often because to my understanding was that you kind of have to follow the lead of somebody else like when you are pro wrestling there's a story that's meant to be untold told you know and you are the athlete and you do and and you 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 win the ones the matches you're supposed to win and you don't win the ones that you're not supposed to win right so yes that's true that that part is true however it should also, you know, let's all keep in mind the fact that, you know, the way Monday Night Raw is put together is that show is constantly changing. There is times that I have gone on the air with Monday Night Raw and the show is not written. It is fully being redone. We don't know what's happening. So creative can most certainly change. Um, and I think that it comes down to... When you to, say creative, you're, you're talking about the storyline, basically, of yes. like who's beating yeah. who. So you could, so you're telling me that you could literally on Sunday think, okay, you know, basic, the basic outcome of this match is this. I'm saying I'm the athlete that, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going against this other person. Um, you know, and then, and then Monday come to find out, oh, now, now it's different. Now I'm going to win. And I, I wasn't originally like, I mean, that happens like, yeah. Oh my, all the time. So that happens very often. Oh, wow. So also like the production meeting usually doesn't even get out until about 3 PM. So, and that's on a good day. That's if things are running smoothly and the show is done and you're handed the script and people know what they're doing. Things change all the time. So Yes, I, I think like the bigger question here too is like, okay, so if Sasha and Naomi went in and they weren't happy yeah, what with what they happened? wanted, what I they know. wanted and things that they wanted changed. And let's also keep in mind that Sasha has been in like a somewhat similar situation with this, not in terms of walking out, but um, when her and Bailey had lost um, the, the women's tag titles and it was a whole situation. Uh, obviously, tag team wrestling means a lot to Sasha and they're really trying to push this forward also looking at the fact that then they switch it to this now they're having a tag team tournament to crown these new tag teams none of these teams are real tag teams they have randomly paired up all of these women to kind of just throw some shit at the wall um but yeah i mean would this have been a different situation if it was a different wrestler that went in to talk to vince mcmahon and wanted the script change and wanted the finish of their match changed maybe Maybe there's definitely something to be said there and something to like kind of look at. And I think I think that's really a thing that's got the Internet up in arms. It's got wrestling fans kind of questioning, like putting a lot of things under the microscope. You look at somebody like Sasha Banks and Naomi. Naomi's been around for a long time. I mean, she is hands down one of those fan favorites one of the best athletes on the entire roster, male or female. She keeps it 100 all the time. Oh, she my God. So all the time. Good. Her outfits. I'm like. I know. Damn, girl. So good. She's so on Yeah. Point. And then Sasha Banks is like, she's a superstar. You look at the draw of a superstar within that company. And um, I mean, God, she just she brings so much to the table. And this is the thing that I like about Sasha, too. I mean, whichever way you want to look at this, she's somebody who's like really standing up for something that she believes in. And if anyone is going to be able to kind of get away with this and make a change, 
it's her. So kudos to her for doing that. But it's such a weird time. We have time to assume that, like what that changes though, because we don't. We haven't heard their side of the story. We don't, we don't know. know if this is exactly. like she just didn't like the outcome of a match, or if it was if or if it's a bigger it's picture. A bigger you know? picture, exactly. We don't. Yeah. We so don't there's know. we don't know, and that's I think just it's like such a confusing thing is we just really don't know. Um, I've also seen lots of people like shitting on Corey Graves, taking shots at Michael Cole for the the things that they've had to say. Guys, you have to keep in mind they are a part of the show they you know when you think of somebody being a broadcaster it's they're being fed lines they you know it doesn't I don't know what their opinion is or what their stance is on any of this but for people that want to take shots at those guys um that's just not fair uh you know I was on busted open last week talking about this yeah as much of the production in the show it's very different than like a UFC commentator you know that's that's it's just a totally different role and they because they are so part muddy. of the show yeah yeah they're part it, of you the forget show. that sometimes yeah so it can be it can be weird I, I feel bad that Corey Graves is like taking some heat for that and I'm, I'm sure Michael Cole is he always kind of seems to be at the brunt of things like that um but yeah I mean it, it's just really interesting because I also saw uh, online, I, I I'm not really sure what the deal is with this but their contracts are up within the next two months so that leaves a whole other situation of Wait. like, hey, well, what is going to happen with their contracts? Are their contracts going to expire? Are their contracts going to be frozen? Sasha and Naomi's contracts are yeah. up in two months? That's what I read. I read so, that. D- has it ever happened where like champions have literally just went and like dropped their belts and be like, mm-hmm. basically flip the bird and like, la- I mean, mm-hmm. that ha- that happens when they just like, uh, we don't like whatever well, it is. Something like- very similar like that happened with CM Punk when he left. Um, he, uh, he, I mean, he left and walked right out of the building in Chicago and drove his ass home. Or maybe he took the subway home, whatever he did to get his ass home to Chicago. And was just like, I'm out. Similar thing has happened with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, when he left, uh, took his ball and went home. Um, yeah. So, I mean, things like this have happened. It's also just such a weird time in WWE where they are cutting people left, right, and center. Um, I feel like people are really being made examples of as well. And that's the thing that sucks where it's like, I feel like Sasha and Naomi are really trying to do a bigger picture situation here. And I hope that they aren't like nipped in the bud for that, you know, like that it's not a bigger out, like, you know, a bigger loss than what they think it is. And we just haven't so, heard from them, so I don't know. If if let's say hypothetically they get the axe, Sasha yeah. and Naomi, is it presumable to say that they go to AEW? I mean, is that kind of what you would expect sure. for somebody of their caliber? I would expect something like that. I mean, I think, you know, obviously Tony Khan would be foolish to not bring on some women like that. You know, the women's roster in AEW is great, but they could always use some more star power, certainly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But, I, you know, I also think Sasha's somebody who she loves Japanese wrestling. Um, okay. She took a, a when she left, um, she took like a little hiatus, however long ago, a couple of years ago. She was in Japan wrestling with Miko Satomura. Um, she was like really getting like into the nitty gritty of her craft. She loves professional wrestling. It is a thing that she lives and breathes. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see her, uh, you know, make a move, something like that. Maybe. I don't know. Or does she just say screw it and go Hollywood? She was in the last Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, maybe Hollywood's knocking on her door and she, I don't know, goes and hangs out with Snoop Dogg and they make a bunch of money. 
Well, <laughs> I don't know. More power to her, whatever. Yeah. She looks great doing it, so. She sure does. And yeah, I mean, same with, you know, Naomi is just like, I can't say enough amazing things about this woman. She is the nicest person in the room all the time. Uh, and she is, she's somebody that I think anytime she has been given the opportunity with the championship, with the championship run, um, I just, I don't know that's always been executed the best way. And I, you know, I, th- I think a lot of people would really love to see her really get to shine on yeah. a big stage like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just uh, such so a weird time. Let me ask you in your opinion, how ballsy on a scale of one to 10, how ballsy of a move was this of these two? Ladies? Oh, it's, it's like a good real ball. Balls are out and they're wafting in the wind. We are airing <laughs> these babies out. It is ballsy. Yeah, it's a gutsy move. Like day of day of the show to go in and walk out while people are already being fired like crazy. Your contracts are nearly up, supposedly, allegedly. Um, it's, it really just leaves so many question marks. And I mean, like anybody else, I'm like, you know, ear to the ground, like rumor mill, like what's going on. I have no idea. I've, I've not heard from, from anybody about, uh, you know, really what the situation is over there. So just kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to find out just like everybody else. What do you think that they're that like, what's, what are they risking? Like, what's the worst case scenario, versus best case scenario for something because sometimes you take a stand and it works you know you you gain leverage you 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 can leverage yourself right and and sometimes it's like you don't you you end up somewhere that you're like well that didn't quite work out you know the way that I wanted it so like what are the two when they make a ballsy move like this like what are the two scenarios that you see coming out of it well I mean I would love for them to to get what they want and to to make the women's tag. I'm. This is me assuming that they were annoyed about them as a tag team. What the tag titles represent. The ta- women's tag titles have only existed in WWE for a couple of years. And as soon as they were um, they were brought in to the fold, they were important for about thirty seconds, and then nobody cared anymore. There was no true, true women's tag teams, um, and they just they lost their luster really, really quickly. Um, so, you know, I guess best case is that they finally let these women do what they want to do and, and start really working on the tag division if that's what the main goal is from this whole outcome. Uh, but worst case is that they're both done and they go off to find what the next thing's going to be. Um, and, and sometimes that's the way things go. Some, you know, things change and on to the, the next chapter, on to, on to the new thing. Yeah, I mean, listen, you got to pick and choose the hills that you're going to die on. But I guess if, if that's if that's the hill that they wanted to die on, then I can't wait to hear so what it. they have to say, like when they break their silence. Me too. You know? Oh, my I, God. I really... Cannot wait. Yeah, I can't I wait to hear what about. they have to say. Me too. Uh, yeah, and I don't know when that will be. I feel like those two um, really kind of keep their cards close to their vest. But I will say Sasha was on um, Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. This was a little while ago. And, you know, she was talking about how she's at that point in her career where she's not just happy to be there. She doesn't want the hot dog and a handshake and just happy to be there. She knows her value. She knows her worth. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean – somebody is there and is able to really put their foot down and try to make a change kudos to them for for having the guts to do it so i guess we'll just kind of see when the other shoe lands where everybody stands and we'll be waiting to see what they have to say 
Dun, dun, dun. I guess tonight on Monday Night Raw, see what else, uh, see if any other words come down or, from, yeah, uh, from the announce team. Yeah. Yeah, but guys, take it easy on Graves and Colts. It's not their fault. But I just saw a quick little update on this Sasha Banks-Naomi scenario. And uh, both Sasha and Naomi have been pulled from the intros of Raw and SmackDown. And I, I know Naomi, I don't know if they both did, pulled WWE from all their mentions in their bios and like social media and stuff. So the saga continues. Also, I didn't mention that WWE took all of their merch off of their website. It's like not available for purchase. Baby mama drama. Crazy. Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Special thanks to Sirius XM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and Sirius XM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts.